0: It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the side. It's it ain't the left, left
1: side. Good evening, right Dolphins side. fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. We've just wrapped up the senior bowl game, and so the NFL draft season continues uh, to uh, pour along here. And you know, I I think Paul, this is really just kind of another excuse for us to get on and and talk about some of these NFL draft prospects. We had a really good show preview in the senior bowl and it leads always leads into other topics. But <clears throat> the quite a few talented players here uh, for the national and the American team. Brian Flores's national team ends up winning 27 to 24 in this game. Uh, Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond is the MVP 13 for 25 uh, passing with two touchdowns. So yeah I mean it's we'll we'll go through a few that kind of up their draft status throughout the week as well as some players that really stuck out um, from the game here. But um, any observations off the top uh, from from you in this contest?
0: Yeah I hated that Kellen Mond won MVP in this one to be honest with you. I saw and granted, he got his stuff together a little bit more later on, but I saw a quarterback that couldn't hit the broadside of a barn early in this matchup. And that worries me from a guy that I was really looking at towards the end as a potential developmental guy towards the end of, of this year's draft. Uh, I was disappointed, but understanding that it sounds like Flores kept Quinn Miners from playing in this game. Uh, he was a guy we talked about a lot in our preview show, but apparently Flores kept him out due to a broken hand. Sounds like the guy wanted to play, which I love in alignment, and you and I both know Flores had to adore that fact. Um, no, I there. Other than as far as a stock down for me with, uh, really almost as a whole the tight end class, other than maybe Trey McKitty. Uh, I I did not walk away impressed with this class. I thought they had a mediocre week and I thought it was even worse in the game overall.
1: Yeah. As far as developmental quarterbacks, I I don't think we saw them here in this game, uh, especially for the dolphins. I mean, I I know we're both proponents of drafting developmental quarterbacks somewhere in the middle to late rounds. I I don't know if the opportunity is going to present itself this year. I mean, Not only Kellen Mond, who, you know, I I saw a lot of really good throws from him uh, in in this game, especially down the seam, you know, in that 10 to 15-yard area I thought thought were really good. But, yeah, he had some pretty ugly ones, too. Um, But uh, other than him, you know, Ian Book doesn't have an NFL arm. Sam Ellinger, I question if he has an NFL arm, even though a lot of people are higher on him than I am. So yeah, not a lot of quarterbacks there that that impressed us from an NFL draft standpoint. And a tight end, yeah, I'm. I've got to say, I'm. I'm happy that I I, I don't have to listen to you talk about wanting to add a fourth tight end on, uh, to to this team here. Other than
0: Kyle Pitts.
1: Well, okay, yeah, Kyle Pitts is somebody I, that is a rare breed, and he's basically a wide receiver. Other than Kyle hmm. Pitts and Pat Fryermuth, I mean, I I don't even see anybody in this draft class who is. Who's can even touch Adam Shaheen or Durham Smythe, which really isn't saying much.
0: Maybe, maybe um, from Penn State. Um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. It's 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 an ugly cliff that gets fallen off, and Friarmouth's like hanging onto that branch halfway down the cliff, and Pitts is up at the top going. Anybody else? Anybody? So yeah. It might be
1: that way at receiver too. Uh, well, nah, I don't think he'll separate himself that much, but we'll we'll talk a, a lot more about Kyle Pitts. He'll be a popular name here over the next three months. Um,
0: but it, he might take up our whole tight end show because
1: <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, we're gonna have to combine that with other with other stuff. I think. <laughs> uh, at uh, one of the bigger plays in the game, and probably the play of the game, was running back Michael Carter breaking several tackles, going for 27 yards. He's somebody that very clearly upped his draft status this week. I mean, I, I, th- I think he came in the week, came into the week here as a uh, more of a fourth round selection. And, and I think now he's looking in that second, third round area. I heard a really good comparison for him. Um, I, I think it was Dane Brugler. I'm not positive. That's Naheem Hines. And, you know, he's undersized, but play, it plays low to the ground, but, pretty stocky in his own right too. And again, he gets from point A to point B and runs hard. Uh, So he's somebody that, that the dolphins may consider here. If, if he's available in the third or fourth round.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah, no, I just, it's, I'm still thinking about probably my most disappointing player in this, in this one. Sorry. I've got myself distracted here other than what I saw from Kellen Mond Deontay at guard. I know he was a guy that we were looking to hopefully see something from, and I just I, I walked away so disappointed in this one. I know you did too. I saw you I saw you tweeting about it as well. I just thought he was a turnstile early, and ma- really between him and the tight ends early in this game, Kellen Mond had zero chances in that pocket. Um, he was just getting pelted pretty early on, and, and God, Deontay was so bad. I, yeah, he I, got I get over it. He got
1: torched uh, on a sack and forced fumble by uh, Odigazua from UCLA, who really had a good week and had a had a great game here, 6'2", 280 pounds. He's somebody that could really was really disruptive throughout the weekend in this game. He torched Deontay Brown, basically ran completely around him. And it, you saw in this game – I don't know if I've ever seen a player have a worse senior bowl game here than – Alabama guard Deontay Brown and he screwed up early in the week and probably at the buffet weeks before that by showing up at 364 pounds and it's one thing if you're just mauling people but he wasn't doing that throughout the week he wasn't doing it in the game he was getting run around in the game and but the the video I posted on my my uh, Twitter page has him trying to go out and block on a screen pass and not only could he not he laughably couldn't do it, but he he also didn't even look like he cared to try. I mean, I really think this is somebody who went from in one weekend went from a third round pick to possibly being undrafted.
0: Yeah, and, and do me a favor. I, I I was just thinking about this. If one of our, our 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 listeners is able to make memes, I really want one of the the guy with the stick poking Deontay Brown saying, "Do something! Do something!" Because that's all I could think of with him watching him play in this game. Um, so, Cat, I, I apologize. I totally derailed. Were you asking me about Michael Carter before? Because I, yeah, I, I, just... I,
1: I was done with Michael Carter. We've talked enough about him. I, you know, I, 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 mean, unless you have something to throw in there.
0: No, it's it's he just he surprised me this week. I mean, he was a guy that really wasn't on my radar. I I liked him, but I didn't really see him as a fit. I mean, he's what five seven, um, and, and you know, here I've been talking about the big backs and in a game that Ramondre stevenson played in i wound up walking away more impressed with the little guy um i know that Ramondre stevenson was puking early in the week i'm hopeful that that was the cause of his poor play because he did not look like the same player that i've been talking about for a while now um but kind of made me a little nervous and dropped his stock whether he was sick or not you know what surprised me a little
1: bit is he showed up at 227 pounds and he was, I thought he was more of a 240, 245 pound guy. Now maybe that, see, I don't know because it, it could be better. It could mean that he was in better shape, but if he's puking in the practice, as you said, you know more about that than I do, yeah. uh, then that takes some credibility away from that. Cause you, you would think if he shows up at 227, he's supposed to be in a lot better shape. Um, and from that point, I mean, wouldn't you rather just have him at 246 so he can run people over more? Uh, so, yeah, he, he's somebody who certainly hurt his stock this week, and we didn't see much of him in the game either. Uh, at wide receiver, Dimitri Felton continued his uh, a great senior bowl week here with with a touchdown early in the game. He beat uh, co- uh, Georgia cornerback uh, DJ Daniels, who uh, who had a rough game and a rough week at, at the cornerback spot. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, six catches for 90 yards, got open a lot. It seemed like he was the target over and over again in the first half. Um, had a couple of drops, but throughout the week, had a lot of really good Aronde Gadsden, like, giant hands catches. So he's he's kind of been the other guy opposite Tutu Atwell at Louisville, more that possession guy. I don't know where he figures into this. He's not a player I've, I've had a chance to look a whole heck of a lot at, but um, – yeah, he, he did. When you lead the senior bowl and and, and with 90, 90 receiving yards there, you know that can up you a little bit.
0: It can. And, and two other receivers I thought really up their stock this week. Uh, Shai Smith, who I've been talking about since last draft when I wanted him to come out, um, and I know we spent a lot of time on it. And Amari Rogers, I thought, really had a good week, even if he didn't put up the biggest numbers in the game. Um, he, he's another guy that really, I think, moved himself up a lot of radars this week as far as the receiving core goes
1: he could fit that same type of role that uh, hunter renfro that also a clemson tiger has in the nfl where hey he's not going to beat you with his speed but he's he in the slot and underneath he's a really good receiver can break tackles after the catch you know he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you over the top but still a really good player in his own right here and he had a couple of of catches in this game too on the offensive line, I keep going, going back here to uh, to uh, Dylan Radens from North Dakota State, and you know, I, for me, what, what a lot of people tend to tend to say uh, is that there may not be that big of a difference between Pene Sewell and then the second and third offensive tackles, which are presumably Rashawn Slater from Northwestern and Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech. I couldn't disagree more with that. Uh, I, I see Penny Sewell perched up way at the top and then I see Rashawn Slater and Christian Derrissaw as kind of mid to late first round prospects. And I don't see a big d- difference with Dylan Raden's here. I think he had a phenomenal week. He's six foot six, 300 plus pounds. He can play guard. And I, I think his best position is left tackle. If you get him into a scheme where he can use that athleticism, um, and, and uh, to get downfield and, and provide those blocks as well as, as wall-off defenders on the edge. I really think we might be talking about a late first-round pick here.
0: We might. Um, we should, and I don't know if we will be, uh, which is crazy to me. It, it's He has all the talent to be up there, but I think given some of the log jams that are there in the first round, we may see Raiden slide as far as the late second, as, as good as he is. Um, he, he's a guy that... I came in liking and given the fact that there's not going to be a true combine this year, um, there's not going to be a lot of the true methodologies that nor- normally exist. We're going to see an even bigger case of what we saw last year with the NFL draft, which is we're going to see Dylan Raiden's probably in the top 20 on some people's draft boards. And, not even in the top hundred on other people's draft boards, guys like that are going to be the ones that are so erratically graded for a lot of these teams, given the fact that these scouts aren't in the same place, looking at the guys going, Oh, look at that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I like him too. Um, you know, and things like that. And, 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 you know, watching these guys look at somebody and go, oh what, what is he looking at over there? Um, there? There's a lot of that. And it has a big impact over time throughout the process here.
1: Yeah, that that's a good point. And I think uh, Raiden's would be erratically graded, even if this were a regular year, because he's somebody that may not fit every scheme. If you're looking for a big hulking left tackle, you may go for an Alex Leatherwood who didn't have a great week in, uh, in, in mobile here. You know, I, I thought, I thought Raiden's potentially may have leapfrogged uh, Leatherwood, even though I like Leatherwood's tape a lot better this year than I did last year. Um, but yeah, like like you said there, you know, log jam is the word of left tackle right now, because when you talk about um when you talk about you know that 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 second tier of tackles, there could be four to ten offensive tackles there. I mean you are you're, you're talking about about Raidens and and Alex Leatherwood, Sam Cosme from Texas, also, you know, who, who players who uh who who showed up this week and played well. Uh, James Hudson from Cincinnati and Deontay Smith from, uh, from East Carolina. So we could be talking about a deep offensive tackle class. Um, The question is, you know, can you get a quality one in the third or fourth round? You might be able to, and I still, I don't know if the dolphins would, would be willing to draft a a developmental left tackle when they've got two developmental guys at both tackle spots now.
0: Yeah. And, 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 I'm glad you mentioned Leatherwood. I, I I can see him being a guy that I kind of felt last year he was all over the map as far as where he was really draftable. And I don't think he grew his stock to solidify himself as that second rounder like some people believe this year. I, I really think he's one of those guys that's going to be all over the map on a lot of people's draft boards too. I think his ceiling is a lot lower than a lot of the players but his floor is a lot higher than their floor, which he's just that steady, consistent, okay tackle. Um, and it, that's okay. There's a role for that. One guy I want to talk about, though, I'm going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball for a minute. Tough Borland, the linebacker from Ohio State, which if all you were looking for was helmets, their entire linebacking core felt like it was from Ohio State in this one at, at times because um, they had three guys there. But tough Borland was a guy I really liked going into this one. And I was kind of disappointed because I did see the physical limitations that I saw at times watching his tape from Ohio State. But I feel like there's still a role for the guy at the NFL level even though he just it, it's he's never going to be an all-pro linebacker. He doesn't have the tools for that, but he's a solid, steady player that's consistent. And there are roles for linebackers like that in the NFL at the next level if he gets the right coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you look at, at him as a player, I mean, if he can play special teams, I, I think, for example, he would be an upgrade on the Dolphins over a Calvin Munson okay. as, far, as far as what he can bring on defense. Well, so kind of a Larry alone, Izzo, right? Yeah, those are heavy words, Larry Izzo. I mean uh,
0: – Larry Izzo type. I don't Larry know if they'll a, reach that. There
1: is a type, yes. I'll go with Larry is a type uh, on that. But as far as Ohio State linebackers, you're right. They they had what four in this game? Or they've got four that'll probably be drafted. Justin Hilliard, who's kind of creeping up a little bit, um, but Baron Browning is is the one that's really starting to to shine. And and he's looking like a really good athlete as well. I mean, he's he's, I, I when I watched him at Ohio State, really inconsistent from down to down, but i i like somebody who has a little bit of bite some athleticism some length some size at least that's something you can mold right now he's looking kind of in that third round area but should be the first ohio state linebacker drafted at least at this time
0: yeah no he's he's got a lot of size to go with that speed that he's got i mean it, it's if he can put it together he needs coaching big time at the next level uh he needs somebody that's going to figure out the right way to utilize him and if you can utilize his strengths while masking some of his weaknesses while he develops he could be a lot bigger stud than where he's going to go in this draft, uh, and and speaking of size, one of the guys and I, I already saw him pop up in chat and I didn't acknowledge it because I wanted to talk about him here. That I walked away really impressed with Keith Taylor, the cornerback. Not a guy I expected to walk away impressed with, but he's long. He's I, my notes actually. I've got long, fluid, and sticky. I think he's six three. Uh, he was all over everyone in his area in this game and he's a guy that i hate looking at corners in this but looking at keith looking at iffy melafonwu i walked away impressed with both of them in this game
1: i agree and i i think they yeah they they came away out of this game looking like the most nfl ready for a very simple reason for for big guys and they're both six foot two six foot three i thought they could turn their hips a lot better than the other cornerbacks that I saw here throughout the weekend in this game. Uh, You know, for, for example, I thought um, who's the young pup here, Brian Mills from NC central had a pretty rough game. I I think that the longest catch of the game was by Des Fitzpatrick on, on Mills. And he had another ugly play. In addition to that, look cornerbacks, a tough position to play as a rookie. I mean, it is a league designed for you to fail. It is against the NFL's interest for cornerbacks to do well. So you have to be really talented here when you step out out onto the field. So, yeah, I, I, I thought uh, Wu and um, um, uh, Taylor made, made a lot of money for themselves this week. I, I thought they kind of entered the week as fourth, fifth-round picks. Maybe now they get into t- day two here.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, just real quick, I'll touch on it. K.J. Britt, I thought, looked really athletic in this game. Uh, but the guy I walked away loving in this that I've talked about till I'm blue in the face before. This uh, sounds like the the coaches lined him up all over the secondary this week, and he rose to the challenge when they did. So you didn't even get to see all of that in the game. But Richie Grant from UCF, he just continues to shoot up my draft board. Um, it, it's he was a guy I really wanted to come out last year, and I hate that. I it drives me insane how many guys went back last year. And lost a year due to COVID, or because they opted out. They it it's it. This is going to be the weirdest draft ever, I think. Cat, um, it's going to be fun. It, it really is, and, and, and I think Richie. When all is said and done, even with the weirdness of this draft, he is a guy that started this process probably as a fifth rounder on a lot of draft boards, and I could see him going in the late second, early third, easily, and I think he's going to end up playing a lot better than that draft position when he gets to that next level.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see when it comes to like athletic athletic testing in 40 times because those are going to be done at pro days exclusively because there's not going to be a scouting combine and how much credibility is given to those this year given that okay you you tested a little bit faster in your pro day compared to the combine usually. But Richie Grants a type of guy where if he, with what he has put out there on film and in the Senior Bowl, if he ran in the four fours, you, you might be talking about higher than late second, early third round. You could be talking about maybe, maybe probably not first round, but maybe a little bit higher in the second round. Um, so if he tests out athletically well and that that it, it's a credible workout, then he 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 might be in uh, in the running for the first or second safety taken. So Richie Grant, somebody definitely. Um, that, that is shooting up boards. And I found it interesting this week when I took a look at the safeties coming here, I looked at, at him and uh, Nazardeen from Florida state. And I thought those are two guys who are both big free safety types who are going to be competing throughout the week. Nazardeen had a terrible week. He didn't look impressive in the game and grant was the exact opposite. So I, I don't know how anybody could have Nazardine higher than Richie Grant heading heading into the rest of this draft process?
0: I guarantee you people do. And it's – I think Richie Grant would have to absolutely fall apart in any workout for Flores to not consider the guy. The guy can play everything in the secondary, and he can play it well, and you know Flores loves his corners and safeties. He can play it intelligently. You can move Richie Grant around – in the way that you move bobby mccain around and he's more athletic he 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 plays and reminds me a lot of the honey badger uh in a lot of ways but he hits a little harder um that's 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 pretty much where i've got him at um slightly different flavors but overall best nfl comp i can come up with and that's a pretty big compliment
1: yeah i think he might play in the box and, and move around a little bit uh Audie uh, badgers of you know four-time pro bowler uh he's just he's cut from a different cloth and he's undersized too so there it's there's some differences there but i understand what you're saying as far yeah. as the role is concerned um so uh, other players too here. It, it's sticking on the defensive side of the ball it, at cornerback uh, as well one last guy benjamin st juice from mm. minnesota is also that third quarterback I thought went from really an unknown guy to maybe a mid rounder this week uh, when you're six, three, 200 pounds and you show that you can turn and run with, with these wide receivers that showed up in mobile. That's, that's a big thing for him. Um, on the front wall there at, at defensive end, three guys really stuck out for me in, in this game and throughout the week too is uh, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa six foot seven 265 pounds and when I looked at him not only did he have that weight but he was also he also carried it very very well this guy can move he's got a lot I mean he's got long arms he's coordinated I, to me even though he's, he's he wasn't incredibly productive at a small school he's somebody fourth fifth round you take a look at I I think he's he's certainly worth the worth the investment at that spot Cameron sample from Tulane yes. and OC. Um, Odigazua, whose brother was actually drafted by the Giants in the third round a few years ago, didn't materialize, but the, uh, sample and, and Odigazua are, are two people that I just say disruptive interior types of players, six foot two, six foot three, 275 pound to 280 pound guys. Those are the type of guys that the dolphins could really carve a role for that kind of Jason Strobridge type of role uh, in, in this, uh, Dolphins defense that could steal 20 or 25 snaps a game, causing pressure on the inside.
0: Yeah, no, I really like sample. Um, and, and, and Quincy Roche, I, 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 did you mention Quincy Quincy? Sorry. I was, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Quincy was another one that impressed me, not so much doing the, the Strobridge type role, but given his speed around the edge, um, just over and over and over again, he seemed to beat his guy. Um, and you can find ways to utilize that at the next level. I do think he's he's a little more of a role player than a lot of people think. But yeah, Sample's one of those fun guys that you can move all over the place, and I be that little tweener that you know may not be pushing people off the ball, but he just makes things happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, Dalen Hayes uh, from Notre Dame is somebody that I'm going to take a really a closer look at because he he was just. Uh, I kept I kept writing down assignment sound in, in everything that he was doing, and that's something that'll certainly catch the eye of the of the dolphins. Um, now, a few other players in the negative light in this game: uh, Jamie Newman, uh, the quarterback from from uh, Georgia, who transferred from Wake Forest. Just an odd college career. He it seemed like he was on he was starting to show more and more promise at Wake Forest. Then he transferred to Georgia, and then he opted out. Where, and there were rumors and I emphasize rumors that he was getting uh, beat up by Daniels at Georgia at the quarterback spot. That's why he opted out to basically preserve his draft stock. But I watched him in this game. He threw a terrible interception. It was a flutter ball was it into triple coverage ball bounced up and it was uh, intercepted by, by Hamlin, the, uh, the safety from Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. I mean, I, regardless of how, of, of how or why he sat out, I mean, and I know he said I opted out because of COVID, he needed to play football this year because he came in and he looked terrible in this game. I I don't even think I'm drafting him in the sixth or seventh round.
0: Yeah. I'm probably with you on that. I I don't think I would either. I've got enough guys I'm in love with in this draft that – I I can totally pass this guy over and still be grabbing guys. I like in that seventh round. Yeah.
1: And just overall players for the week here that I thought uh, took a step back, maybe fallen down at least around Jamie Newman, one of them, Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Tylen Wallace and Sage Surratt are, are names that seem seemingly have been in college football for years. And I, I I said some kind words about Tylen Wallace and our, our, Uh, Preview. I I watched rewatched a lot of his tape um, from the drills and he was the only one really not getting off the line of scrimmage as well as, you know, like Felton and, and, um, and, uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, It it just seems like some of these receivers were flying off the line. Tylen Wallace. I didn't see that as much. So in Oklahoma state in that, in that conference, you don't, you don't get pressed. You don't get covered a lot. You're, you're running wide open. A lot of the times I think Tylan Wallace is going to fall down here as we, we, we get through the draft process here. Sage Surratt it has great size, but so much is so much a contested catch guy. I wonder how he's going to get open at all in the pros. Um, Spencer Brown from Northern I- Northern Illinois, he looks good. He he looks like a tight end out there at 6'9", 3'15", but he lost a lot in drills and he lost a lot in the game too. Um, both Alabama offensive lineman Leatherwood and-, and Deontay Brown, I thought, dropped this week. Uh, Florida State's defensive tackle Marvin Wilson continues his free fall, as does Nasal Dean, and at Pitts from Pittsburgh, uh, Patrick Jones, the second, and Rashad Weaver. Um, I still think they're good prospects, but I think they dropped a little bit this week too uh, after their performance.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, you you mentioned a few of the guys that I couldn't stand. I'm still pissed about Deontay Brown watching him in this game. Uh, Jamie Newman, I, I, I know you've mentioned him a couple times now. I I disagree a little bit just based on the rust factor. He was a guy I saw a lot of skills potentially there with. And if you want to bring him in, put him on the practice squad, see if you can get a decent quarterbacks coach in the pros working with him. I'd be intrigued to see if you can develop him. It's, it's a high, low-risk, high-reward situation. Uh, you're not bringing him in to be to his backup if you bring him in. You're bringing him in to be to be the third fourth-string quarterback. You're probably bringing in a veteran to be to his backup this year. Um, probably not fits like we talked about before. But, again, it's, you know, maybe you've got something there. Maybe you don't. Um, And if you do, he does have a lot of physical tools that you don't see very often. So, um, yeah. But other than that, um, we we did get a couple questions in chat. Uh, Yes, we are going to be doing a live stream, I think, for the draft this year, Kat, at least round one. Uh,
1: uh, Not – you will be for round one.
0: Uh, Okay. Sorry, if we, didn't mean we to may have it a, look,
1: i and I'll tell you everybody on draft night round one uh I don't want to have any uh, I, 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 we'll, no we'll, we'll you see. came and did
0: it last year after saying the same thing so yeah we, you we might, we might have I it
1: did, I did it in round two round two and round three I'll be a little more flexible but uh we'll we'll see that's still that's still coming together i'm i because because if if I'm here, I can't have anybody at my house that's 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 the big thing and I always have a draft party every year. <laughs> in person. We'll see about that. Let's we'll put a pin in that. I'll do the best that I can. Um
0: we also got asked about Vince Beagle. Do we think he is going to end up on the roster? I'm I don't
1: okay. think so. Um it, that's just a guess, I mean, if he wants to come back for one year, couple million, maybe, but I I think he'd have a better opportunity somewhere else.
0: I do too. Um I think that he might be back. I think there's potential. He did have those pass rush um, skills kind of move up the scale last year before he got hurt. So there is potential there. But, again, if he ended up being some whistleblower or whatever that some people think he was or wasn't, that and, you know, it does come out, I could see Flores being like, you know what, get out of here. Um, interesting question we got here, Kat, and, and I'm going to jump in on this one first. I didn't want to dive in while we were talking about the individual prospects. Somebody asked, if the Dolphins decide they're not high on Sewell, Parsons, or Smith, who would you draft, and if you choose to trade back, who from the Senior Bowl would you consider with that pick? If you trade back, for me, there isn't a player I would take above 18. That that was at the Senior Bowl this week. So, if you trade back, that's easy. I wouldn't I wouldn't take anybody from the Senior Bowl. Um, but again, for me, it, it, as far as if you just trade back and you take anybody, and Parsons isn't there, you don't like him. I I would take Pitts easily
1: yeah that's uh, it's kind of a loaded question a good question too Um, so if I understand uh, we're talking Sewell uh, Sewell's gone Devonte Smith's gone Micah Parsons is gone yes is that would hurt yep uh, then Jamar Chase would be the highest guy uh, right now on my board for that it, but it also depends too on what the Dolphins do in free agency because say say they come away with Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson I don't think you can take Jamar Chase because now you've got You've got Chase Robinson, Gasicki, and Parker. I think you've got four guys who are really good at the same thing. Even though they're, it's it it looks like a great wide receiver unit on paper. So, in a trade down, you know, I'm more interested what future picks they would get in a trade down because if you can get a 2022 first rounder and another future pick, we keep this draft party going. You know, and we 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 still have more than enough to add good pieces in this draft and, and and maybe have two first rounders in the next draft. So I'll throw it back at you on this, Paul. Uh, you said you wouldn't take anybody from the senior bowl, and I, I agree with you, or you wouldn't take anyone before 18 for the senior bowl, and I agree with you. Let's say just throwing it out there, the Bears are the Ritz or the Bears are the Washington football team at 20 and 21. Okay. Yeah. They call up and say, we will give you our first rounder in 2022, 2023, and we'll give you a third rounder this year. Same price tag for um, that that the Lions got for, for the Jared Goff-Matt Stafford swap. Okay? Okay. They're coming up to take a quarterback at three. Would you be happy going down to 21, getting a 2022 and 2023 first, and taking Kadarius Toney?
0: No. No. I love okay. Kadarius Tony. I, I I'd rather just draft Kadarius Tony at eighteen and move down to six or seven and take 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 Pitts or Parsons. Um, no, no. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I like accumulating, but I think you found the trade down. I I I, I tap out on. Uh, I don't want to leave the top ten. There are too many guys in the top ten that aren't quarterbacks that Miami's got a crack at here. If you're talking 11 or 12, I think one or two of those guys will slide there. If you're talking 21, 22, I'm not interested.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that because if after all of this, you are you don't come away with some clearly defined top seven or top eight prospects here, I think it's going to start to get to the point where it's like, all right, when are you going to draft somebody here? So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and I think you'd be trading down – That 18 to 22 range is kind of the weaker part of the draft for the value as the way the board sits right now. So I'm with you. I think if the Dolphins can get down to that eight to 10 range uh, in a trade down, get like a first rounder next year from a team like the Lions or or the Broncos who need a quarterback, that's probably the best way to go there. So, very good questions. Not surprised we have an intelligent audience, Paul. um, And we look forward to uh, keeping up with this audience throughout the rest of uh, the NFL draft process we're continuing to to work away on the film and we're going to continue to bring you solid content here uh that's going to do it for our breakdown of the senior bowl football game what's up
0: i said click the buttons guys click the buttons click the buttons yeah click the likes click the subscribes click that share button all of those things they help us out they really do and i really appreciate all we've been getting from you guys over the past few months thank you very much the chat's been awesome by the way uh really appreciate all of it
1: absolutely and yeah we we really do appreciate it and uh i was going to say something clever like or, or dark like if you don't push the subscribe button then we hate your entire i, I don't know i can't come up with anything but anyway we're just going to leave it there on a on a positive note as usual um here so uh, i'm not sure what the next show is going to be now here we we we're going to where we're going to continue to go through with the position by position grades, or not grades, but talking about position by position as we continue to roll through the film here, Paul. So that's going to do it for our breakdown of the senior bowl game where Brian Flores national team, won 27 to 24. I'm Brian cat NFL Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, radio and Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side,